0: I'm here to talk to you about prayer in this beautiful Lent season. Now, you know what confuses me about prayer? And I was raised in a home where they don't mess around when they pray. I don't know how many of you have been raised in a Pentecostal home. When your parents say, we're going to go pray for you, you are so scared. Because they're not just going to go talk. They come out and then they're going to tell you what you've been doing. My friends come and play. And they go like, "What is that noise?" I go, "Looks oh, my dad praying." We play all afternoon. When they come back, they go like, "What is that noise?" I said, "He's still praying. You better get out of here right now, because <laughs> when he comes out of there, he looks different. There is something so significant. And you and I know when we read Scripture, you cannot disassociate Jesus ever from prayer. You read more about Jesus praying than Jesus eating. Right?" When the disciples wake up in the morning, they go like, where's Jesus? I would not be that way. They would find me, still sleep. I'll be there at 9 o'clock. You can find me. I'm a slow starter. Where's Jesus? He's praying. They go like and go like, oh, we're so tired. Jesus says, you go to bed. I'm going to go pray. Now, here's the question that I have for you. If prayer was so important and Jesus was a teacher, why did he say so little about how to pray? Why is there not a whole book in the Bible called This Is How You Pray by Jesus? If the thing that is the most pivotal thing in our lives, why do we get like the Lord's Prayer? And they had to ask him to teach him how to pray. He didn't say. So I've been pondering this. I've been pondering this. And I've been pondering this and pondering this. And this is not in the Bible. I think it should have been, but it could be a heresy. That's why it's not in the Bible. I have come to this conclusion that God intentionally keeps the prayer language a mystery because he knows human humans love formulas to use for their own benefit. We're talking Harry Potter here. We're talking about Jesus said, come out of the grave in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. And it worked. And now you have a problem with your boyfriend. You go like, come out in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Come on now. Because you see, I think he intentionally wanted to keep formulas out of the picture so that relationally we can develop a language with the one we get to know intimately. There is nothing than going on a date and somebody coaches you what to say because everything's mechanical. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been in one of those dates? And you go like, what are you even asking? I ask for the salt and you, you are, you've got this verse. You've got this whole thing trained. So let me move on. And I tell you this. And I, I believe that I have seen and you have experienced. I've been prospering for long. I'm short and gray. But I've been living a very, very long time. Uh, uh, I want you to know that people that says, I don't know how to pray, suddenly know how to pray when their life is thrown into trauma. right? I have seen people, I go like, hey, I've never seen you a prayer meeting. I don't go to those. I don't know what to say. Until there is a trauma and he's standing next to his wife on life support and he begins to cry out to God. And I go like, dang, I thought you didn't know how to pray. You see, and I believe that we know how to pray when things are out of our control. But here is the problem. There's two things that comes to my mind in that theory. Because you see, ancient church fathers said this, prosperity has ruined more saints than struggle. Prosperity has ruined more souls than struggle. So if you're in a place of struggle and pain today, you should thank God because you are less um, at risk to lose sight of the one who is and gives it all that's why Paul uh, he preaches a whole bunch of powerful things and then all of a sudden he throws this in that nobody wants to preach around uh, that I may know you and the power of your death and resurrection and become like you through your suffering nobody wants to preach that because every time you preach it God takes you through it and then we develop a theology That says Jesus suffered so you don't have to suffer. So I don't know what Paul was talking about. But I can tell you, I don't think anybody would pray if there were no challenges, no traumas, and everything was under our control. So I want to land two words with you. The one word is virtue. I would write it down. You know what a virtue is? A virtue is a behavior that is motivated by a high moral standard of goodness. Virtue. Virtue is a beautiful thing. Virtue is what you teach your children uh, when, how to greet people and how to be thankful. Virtue, virtue, virtue. But there is another word that I would not choose, but that is the, the, the opposite of virtue, and that is vice. Now, vice sounds terrible, and and I want to uh, bring vice within a virtuous virtuous environment because I want to make the statement that I personally carry an unintentional, self-blinding vice within my virtue. Let me explain to you. Because a vice is the shadow side that you are blinded to. Where your virtue is now immeshed in your personal agenda. In other words, when, when you begin to pray. So, so, so let me tell you where I discovered this. COVID. The Father's house has been going 23 years. My wife and I, just like your pastors, like smack landed in America. We had a beautiful story. Didn't know anybody. All the, all the way from the airport, I prayed, please God, let them be nice. Please God, let them be nice. We didn't know nothing. When they said Niagara Falls, I've never seen nothing. All I know is I cannot wait for a Big Mac. And we were in America. I don't know it's snow there. I've never seen snow in my life. We're just so happy. And then God, through 23 years, did a miraculous thing in his, in his work. And then comes COVID. And they shut us down for 18 months. The first week of COVID, after we were shut down, Every morning I pray, I came out and I begin to pray that Kenneth Copeland's right. Blow it away. Work (laughs) of COVID. Come on. If once I wanted him to be right, it's that morning. Man, I rebuke COVID, 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 COVID and, and praying and I'm sounding like my father and I'm contending and then COVID's not going away. And then all of a sudden I ran out of pray. Because what, what am I gonna pray for? We can't have church. Covid's not going. Wow. And all of a sudden I realize I know how to have virtuous prayer, but when my vice is now exposed, that I know what to ask for when I need righteous things my way, my time. And I didn't realize how enmeshed my personal worth was in how many people shows up on a Sunday. Nobody is showing up. Now I said to my wife, it's over. I'm done. In other words, there was something about all the work and the, the, the praying and the contending and the hours of prayer that is so virtuous, but there is a, a, a self-propelled enmeshment of the vice. And you can write this down. It is not hard to follow God and obey when he's running. It is extremely hard to follow him when he pauses. Because when he pauses, everybody else is going to think you've lost your courage, lost your faith. What is wrong with you? Can't you hear God? I want you to know that God will pause you to bring the the vice exposed and ask, am I enough if this never opens? Are you enough if you don't get the man you think you've got to get? Can you trust me? If I leave you in the desert and feed you with manna. I had one lady quit church. She said to me, you are preaching heresy because the Bible says that that the struggle is only for the night. But joy comes in the morning. I said, baby, what if the night is 10 years? What are you going to do for 10 years? Because you see, I'm going to land it a little bit closer. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're safe because it's all about... It's me, it's my vice. It's not yours, you safe. You know how a transactional relationship works. If I give Pastor Andrew a large check that he I loan, I've got to get my English right. I still think in another language. Where I loan and you borrow from me, right? So I'm loaning him money. I have an expectation that he owes me something. Every time I see his face, he can see in my eyes (laughs) the number of the check with interest. Come on. Hey Andrew, I love you. He goes like, oh gosh, it's now (laughs) 10,000. I love you too. Right? And if he doesn't pay, it strains our relationship. You know why I've talked on prayer many times. I always ask this question. How many people find it very hard to pray? People raise their hands and say, what is the main reason why you don't pray? Because God didn't answer my prayer. Okay, stay with that. Okay. One day... I go to Andrew, look at his face, and he pulls out a check. Do you think I am thankful for his kindness? Or saying thank you, just virtuous, because you owed me anyway? So I want you to know that when... God doesn't answer your prayer and it strains the relationship is because we think he owe us something. What if all he has given is the cross that is the greatest echo of his love? Is that enough? Because you see, the other thing that I think test is, test whether you and I, let me speak about me because that's more painful, whether I am truly grateful is how the extent of my gratitude to my angst and anxiety. Because you see, angst and anxiety comes because what should happen is not happening and I can't sleep at night. I wake up at three o'clock, my wife says, why don't you just pray? I go like, no, just answer my prayers and I can sleep. (laughs) I don't wanna pray. Because internally, my vice feels God, I've, I've been faithful. I've done all the right things. And now things are not working out. And it's the devil. And I'm going to rebuke. What if it is God? Because he even hardened the heart of Pharaoh so he could show his miraculous work even greater. Have you ever read it? He hardened the heart of Pharaoh. I go like, give Moses a break. I'm going to tell you a story. We were, we were running six services in a, in a building just like this. Six weekend services. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's hard. And like you guys, we're not throwing it, you know. Even if you fall dead, we're going to raise you from the dead because there are four more services to come. And we're just going to keep going, and, and, and then we purchase land, and it's a long story I shared with your pastors, because, uh, and, and then I watched, I watched, I heard that Jensen Franklin in the United States, somebody gave him a million dollars in the offering plate. And I sat in my little broken down room next to an old broken down air conditioner, and I said this to God, Jensen Franklin, would you give me a break? Throw me a bone. (laughs) Like he's even going to notice that. If I get a 50 in the offering, I'm happy. A million dollars. So I heard God say this to me. So so you want to go from here to the promised land, to a bigger building, bigger space? I go like, yes, sir. He says, and you want to go there like shortcut, straight away, just transfer. I go like, absolutely, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. He goes, so you you don't want to go through the Red Sea. I go like, nope, I read about it. Just take me here. (laughs) You don't want to experience manna falling from heaven. No, I am good. I'm good. Send me a postcard. And I had this conversation with the Holy Spirit. Then he said this, what will be the testimony to your children of my faithfulness? What will be... Your testimony, because you read the Old Testament all the time. God says, tell your children, tell your children, tell your children. So I could sit with your pastors like last night and I go like, man, let me tell you when they demand something and there's no, no supply from God. It's dragon breath. It's a threat. It's nothing. Because if it is a real demand, God shows up every time the way you show up. Don't run from dragon breath. And don't predict the journey. Because in the journey will come the miracle of frustration, testimony of where is God, of testing your heart, whether you want to go back to Egypt. Or whether you want to go to the promised land. And when you get to the promised land, there's bigger giants waiting for you there. Because you've got to realize and remember this. In the biggest and the most effective part of prayer is this one story. Then I'm done. I'm not even looking at my notes. That's dangerous. In Second Kings. You know Hebrews tells us about Elijah. Now the Bible says Elijah, ah, let me not even say it, it's gonna confuse you. Revelations, Elijah is gonna appear again. And I go like, what? Elijah, if you had to to rank all the people in the Bible. You know, in, in Hebrews, he tells you about all these people. They put uh, their armies to flight. And uh, um, they, they raise the dead. And uh, they, they talk about uh, Moses and Samson. And they talk about all these people. And, and, and I go like, these are all superheroes. Yeah. So Elijah, superhero. No wonder when he prays, like fire falls from heaven. If it was me and five four from heaven, I go like, take pictures, I quit. It can't get better than this. I'm done. But then after that, he gets so depressed because a woman threatened him. There was such a beautiful message of him going into the desert. God never said go to the desert because he went to the place where God revealed himself to Moses. And he went to go look for the exact same things that God revealed to Moses. And God showed him all of those things. But God were not in the things that he revealed to Moses. Because God will not be found personally by the signs of what others found before you. So please don't go pray. For Charles Finney's whatever he had. Because God was not in that. You know what he was in? abandon me. I can't hear him. Oh, no, no, no. He says, do you really want me? Come closer. Come closer. It requires a different kind of proximity if you want to hear the whisper. Can I tell you something? If you're looking for the evidence of God, find proximity. Don't look for signs. Don't look for signs. So there's this story, Hebrews chapter 5, he says, and Moses was a man like, and a woman, and a person like you, and he prayed, love that statement, in other words, I'm going to rephrase it, Elijah, did I say Moses, Elijah was totally human, just like you, and he prayed, could it have been you praying for fire on the mountain. Because it was not Elijah. It was the power of prayer. And then he says this. The Amplified. He says. The prayer of a righteous. A person in right standing with God. Releases a tremendous amount of power. Dynamic in it's working. Powerful in it's result. The prayer of the person in right standing with God. Let me remind you. Right standing doesn't mean sinless. Because every time I want to pray, the enemy goes like, wait wait, 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 Let's just go through the list. Right? And if you're stuck there, you do not understand righteousness. Because when you think you have done no wrong and you go like, "If you ever had a great day where you didn't criticize and judge and do all the bad things? You go like, how did you think I did? Without Jesus? Terrible. Because you're, best day of self-righteousness is like filthy rags and that's why when the devil reminds you of that you go like you are so right that's why I'm covered with the righteousness of Jesus that's how I come to the father so hear the story let's get music let's get first kings music don't miss it I don't want Disney music first kings music First Kings. Actually, Second Kings. Thank you for correcting me. Most churches don't know because they haven't touched their Bibles in five years. Second, one. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, because we put the scriptures on screen, putting a picture of a McDonald's on a screen doesn't feed you for the week just saying just saying I love this church oh God in my church I'll get seven letters tomorrow morning I love this church because we're preaching to ourselves I'm stinging as I'm preaching because you're eavesdropping God speaking to me not reflecting what you should be we are all walking toward the reflection of the Lord at the table together so so Elijah was a powerful instrument in the hand of God not perfect and the Bible says there was a king and his name was King Joash but scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14, but Joash, when his father died, did things that were evil in the sight of God. But then he heard Elijah, Elijah is on his deathbed. So he runs and he comes in the room. Yeah. Listen to this, and you decide whether it's virtuous or vice. He says, My father, my father. Sounds virtuous. The chariots of Israel and its horses. You go like, what does that mean? It's a military term for battle. What is he saying? He's saying, don't die. Because if I don't have you, we're not going to win the war. He's not saying tell me about the God who gives us victory he says you're doing all the hard work as long as I'm hooked up to you I come out of the battle going like I'm the king the glory doesn't go to God and now he's losing I love how God works whenever you ask him a question he never gives you an answer isn't that irritating You go, left or right? He says, look at the stars of the sky. I hold the cattle of a thousand hills. I go like, yup, I know that. Just like, this way or that way? Then he says, the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. You go like, yup, I know that one too. Which way? Elijah. Few moments, Andrew, come help me. And he said to the king, Get a bow. Okay, you, no, no, don't take the arrow yet. Get a bow and take one arrow. And he says, Then I want you to open the window to the east because that's where the enemy is. Because he said this. The enemy that you are contending against, you will contend against forever. So I want to say to you, if you are raising a righteous family, you will always have to watch and pray. Because there is a world that is hungry for your children. If your children has been taken on a journey, don't fight them keep the light on keep your arms open and keep praying the way that Elijah's about to teach the king he says so open the window to the east and point the bow out listen to this no point don't shoot don't shoot don't shoot." and he says and he put his hand on the hand of the bow to steady it. And he says, the arrow that you're about to shoot is the victory of the Lord. Catch this. Who's holding the bow? You are holding who's steadying the hand of the bow. God is steadying the hand of the bow. But let's talk about the arrow. So he says, take the other arrows. Take him out the quiver, put the bow down and hit the ground with the arrows you are only gonna hit them three times hit the ground no no get down and hit the arrows three times all of them stop please I'm fascinated by him hitting the arrows three times on the ground and then Elijah was angry he says why don't you hit it only three times Because if you hit it five times, God would have given you more victory. Because to the measure of the surrender of the vice in the virtue. Is the effectiveness that it will become the arrow of the Lord. Because there is something that happens when you've got to get down. To take your praise and say, your will be done your kingdom come God I'm not here to build a church I'm here to do the will of my father and if he wants to build this church I will build the church if you tell me to pause I will pause if you tell me you think he's the most attractive man but he's not the right one God I will not pray the prayers of manipulation God I surrender in my praise, I surrender myself, righteous I surrender my blindness. I'm surrendering my short-sightedness. I'm surrendering my pride. I'm surrendering my identity. And God, it's in surrender. And I want to say to you, some of you are standing to talk because when you get down, God gets up. You get on the phone. You go like, you have no idea who you're dealing with. Oh, really? You're just another mother's child? Oh, I love to just get down when it's it's beyond me. And you know what the most beautiful thing is to get down when it's in your power. To go like, oh, I can make this happen, but Jesus... Jesus says this, apart from me, you can do nothing. So Andrew, how many times have you ever done this? I'll be honest. I get and pray in the morning and I'm praying because I know if I'm not praying, trouble's going to come and then I'll have to pray. Then I pray, oh, I love you so much, Jesus. Oh, so good. Oh, bless the church. I kind of just swift the arrows. Swift it, swift it. And then I, I get up And I touch the door and I hear this, where are you going? Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I go like, there's work to be done, Jesus. Oh, let me tell you something. Either you do the work and you swim in molasses, or you pray and you swim in oil, the machine work. The The marriage work. But the arrows has to be surrendered. And church, I want you to know, I'm a good man. I really am. And I'm not saying I was raised well. I have no ill intention. But I want you to know I'm a tainted man. Success has tainted me. COVID almost killed me. Because everything that I've ever built do you understand when things are at its best and now you think you can retire? You know what I mean, baby? You go like, man, I'm going to get another pastor. He's going to lead this. They can pay me a severance and I can walk a dog, and build bird houses, mission, mission trips. Because I'm older than you think. I'm like, enough. and one day everything burns to the ground oh no don't feel sorry it had to happen cuz god said i've got to burn everything off the ground to one smoldering stump because you have so tainted what i want to do i can't even leave a tree i can only leave roots And out of the smoldering stump will grow the shoot of Jesse. He will be called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world. But I have to destroy everything before I can rebuild. And I want you to know that what has been destroyed was in the way of what God needs to build. I want you to know if you think, if that one thing, hap- thing happened, my life is over. I'm standing here as testimony. I have nine of those things happened, and I still eat, I still smile, and I fear less. Because everything that you fear should actually happen so that you know that God is more than enough. <laughs> that you know... Whoever says no, I you can say no a thousand times if God has got a yes. You'll be angry and I'll be in awe because God will not be manipulated by any person's plans. He's sovereign, he's awesome, he's amazing, he's incredible, he's more than we ever need, hope, or imagine. But church, the hardest thing, sit down, I'm almost done. The hardest thing we need. Is how do I get to the place where I know that there is vice that needs to be purified as virtue. And it's not it's not evil. It's when you want to teach your kids the word, but you use scripture to control them for behavior. There's virtue in the word, but there's vice in what you're doing. And I read this about Jesus. When his parents went to go look for him, he's the son of God that unclothed himself with glory. Think about it. If the... Son of God had to unclothe himself with glory to be effective on earth. Don't ever clothe yourself with glory because it doesn't go together. And yes, Jesus, the Son of God, He is the Word. Listen, He is. He didn't hear it. He is the Word. When they found Him, He was sitting. That's a posture of habitation. At the feet, of the rabbis asking questions he could have taught them he could have told them the mysteries of heaven he could have taught them of the holy mountain of God he could have said I was there when this the earth was a soup of nothingness a bottomless inn. I spoke but he sat. the Bible says he grew things. I never looked at my notes. I love preaching here. Why even make them? Four things. The Bible says he grew in wisdom. Can I tell you what wisdom is? To understand your frustration through the eyes of God's perception. Write it down baby. Wisdom is to understand your frustration through the eyes of God's perception. Ask God for wisdom the second thing is stature stature is an attained state fit for a thing in other words it's in the habitation in God's presence that he built you fit for what you are called to do then the Bible says in favor with God That is the spiritual condition of one who is governed by the power of the divine grace and it's bound to fill in its benefit. And then in favor with people. You know what favor with people is? Divine influence. Not manipulation. Divine influence. You know, divine influence doesn't need to argue to get its way doesn't need to threaten to get its way. So I want to read to you the most powerful thing that I believe God is calling you, me, and the church to. It's by theologian Walter Wink. He says this. Submissive submissive surrendering intercessory prayer is a spiritual defiance of that that is in the way of what God has promised. It visualizes an alternative future to the one that is apparently fated by the moment and the current foes. That prayer infuses the air in time with a yet-to-be into the atmosphere of never will happen. And he says, "This history belongs to a people who believes the future is being birthed on their knees of prayerful surrender." Are you in deep, brother? because after we leave this building, we're going back to real lives. But I pray for me that God will cut away from me a transactional relationship. That if he gives me nothing else, he's given me If this is the last time I'm preaching, you've been my favorite crowd. You've been my favorite crowd. I can go to my grave and say, I didn't even use my notes the last time I preached. But like Paul, I want to say this. This song, it says, caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Come on, worship me. Caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I love this part. I love this part. I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything. Oh, this is the hard part but say I'm not here for blessing oh I'm not here for blessing Jesus you don't owe me anything Jesus you don't owe me anything more than anything more than anything that you can do I just want you I just want just want you nothing less i just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do i just want you come on nothing else come on church nothing else come on worship team sing Oh I just want you I just
1: Just want, you. I just want you. Can we just break the music and the voices, sing nothing else? Come on, online in your living room, and nothing else. Come on, declare it. Yeah. Nothing else. Come on, church, minister it to him today. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. I just want you. From the depths Lord, of your I'm soul, here. say, nothing. Nothing, else, nothing else, Jesus, nothing else. nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. Yeah. I- Throwing my timeline out the window. Come on, declare it and say, and nothing, nothing else. else. Oh, yes, Lord, nothing else. Nothing, nothing, else. Else. nothing else will do. I just want you I just nothing, else, eh. nothing, nothing else. else nothing else nothing yeah. else nothing else nothing else will do come on nothing yet. now can we just tell him I I just want you come on I just want I just want you come on I just want I just want you come on i just want you jesus more than anything more than houses more than cars today i just want you his power is here i just want you jesus i just want you hallelujah i just want you come on i just want you jesus i just want you I just want you. I just want you more than my house. Come on, more than a great-paying job today. I just want you. I just want you. Come on. I just want you. Nothing else will. the house and and trust in his presence in his presence Stay. and I surrender all, come on, declare it Say, I surrender all just let the voices ring it out, I surrender say I, I surrender all all to thee, say I surrender all come on declare it and say I I surrender surrender. I surrender I give it to him today give him your heart all to thee come on sing all to thee I surrender Just offer a worship to him where you are. Come on, just offer a worship to him. Somebody open your mouth. Say good things about him in this moment. Let's steward this moment well. We glorify you. We honor you. Open your hearts to him. Open your hearts to him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, his presence is here. Glory to God. We give glory to God. Yes, Jesus. Glory to God. you so my we're just parking here for the moment if you gotta go you can go but we're gonna park in this moment i i just sense the lord is just doing something mighty in hearts in this moment and we gotta lean into this moment glory to the name blessed be the name of the lord he is worthy to be praised and the door, yes, Lord. So we lift, and so we lift up holy hands in one accord, singing, "Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be." The name. Blessed be, the name. Blessed be One more time, can we just sing that? If you know he's blessed. Come on, let's bless the Lord today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is worthy, said, And he is worthy to be praised and adored. So we lift up. So we lift up. holy hands with one accord. Singing blessed be singing, singing blessed be the name Blessed be Blessed be the name Oh blessed be the name of
0: the Lord
1: Singing blessed be the name come on sing and singing blessed be the name Blessed be the name come on Blessed Last one for us as we get ready to leave here today. Lord, prepare me and we declare and say, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Pure and holy. Tried and true Tried. Thanksgiving, come on, say, and, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a sanctuary. Glory to Christ. Last time, and with thanksgiving, and with thanksgiving, and with thanksgiving I'll be. sanctuary sanctuary lord for you Lord. come on put those hands together and let's glorify christ today for his presence hallelujah if he never does another thing he's been already good enough to us somebody for the next 30 seconds open your mouths clap those hands Come on, thank you, Jesus, for everything you've already done, for every door you've already opened, for, our, for every way you've already made. For breaking my lungs right now. No matter what's to come, we thank you for what you've already done. Woo! Somebody just shout that out. Say no matter what you no matter what's to come, I'm thankful for what you've already done glory to our God. And while we're clapping our hands, can we give God praise for the incredible gift that is Pastor Pierre Duplicy. God bless you dad, we honor you. We honor you and we give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord on today. Man, don't I have an incredible pastor y'all? Such a deep, deep well of wisdom. See, you don't have to yell. You don't have to yell to be powerful. Mm -hmm. And I just love so much the great gift that He is. And in the spirit of all that has been shared, you know, we today rest in what, not just what Jesus is to do, but what He has already done. What did He already do about 2,000 years ago? Come on, somebody. When we were sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, as the Bible says jesus came to the earth god in flesh died for the sins of mankind and he rose from death with all power in his hands and so today we would be remiss after such a powerful message if we did not invite you we're going to end around the lord's table as we do always but before this if we didn't give you an opportunity today to put your trust and your faith in christ to make jesus the lord of your life to begin a relationship with him not a transactional one but a one that is one that is genuine you don't got to die before you can have relationship with god you can begin a relationship with him today because of what he did for us over 2000 years ago and so while the blood is still running warm in your veins while you still have the activity of your limbs in this moment on today and the readiness of mine i invite you to put your trust and your faith in christ and so in this moment uh, if you do not know jesus the bible sums it up in three things he says that we've got to repent everybody say repent which means to acknowledge that you are a sinner acknowledge that you are in need of salvation and it means that we turn from this sin and we turn to christ putting our faith in him somebody say believe so it says to repent and believe i believe that you came i believe you died i believe you rose from death with all power and then you put your trust in him as your lord and your savior the boss of your life the savior of your life and then he says to be baptized someone say be baptized and so uh, we have upcoming uh, on the on the 19th of what is it sorry i always The 12th of March and the 26th of March are the next two baptism opportunities. And so I want to invite you, uh, if you are desirous of being baptized, going all the way with Christ, you know, we want to invite you to be baptized. Not only this, uh, you know, even if you have gone away from Christ, you can come home to him today. You might have run away from him, but his arms are still open wide to receive you.